Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Welcome to the group campfire. <laughs> yeah, I'm Tony. I'm Peggy. And we are two RV industry veterans who travel part-time in a small trailer looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips, tricks, and discounts. And we are in a Passport America campground this week that is so lovely and has a group fire pit and every night they have fire pit time. So it's been lovely. And we are going to talk more about Passport America probably next week because we're actually in the park of the owner of Passport America. Yeah, yeah, so we got to meet really them. So it's been really nice. You know, we always say great tips, tricks, and discounts. And Passport America, we have found, is a pretty neat discount program to get campgrounds. It's also helped us plan our trip because this isn't. I, I wouldn't have known to come to this location if I wasn't talking to Passport America. So we will definitely talk more about that next week. Yep. We always carry a Hughes Power Watchdog with us, which is a surge suppressor or EMS, electrical management system. <laughs> that thing is neat because when before we even back into a site or pull through, as the case may be, right. we plug that thing in and there's a big dog on the front of it. And if the dog is white, the power is good. If the dog is red, the power is bad. And we got a red dog. We got a red dog, but you know, it doesn't matter because with our ABC Upfitters power package, we just didn't plug in. Yeah. We just went ahead and used our power package. We let the campground know so that they could fix their problem. And they were super nice and they gave us a discount and that was all great. Having that power package is a great backup too, right? So if the power goes out in a campground or you want to find a great boondocking or off-grid spot, you have all that lithium and solar at your disposal to do so. So it's not just for no hookup places or boondocking, it's also more peace of mind and the fact that they engineer these systems to work as a single unit and work well, well, it just works. It just works. And by the way, when we teach our classes on boondocking, one of the things that we tell people is if you aren't sure you're ready for not being plugged in, go to a park that has power, test the power obviously, yeah. <laughs> and then just don't use the power until you find that you have to. And if you find that you can stay in a place you know, the whole time without having to plug in because you're doing great on your solar, then you know that that is not going to be a problem for you if you're in a location that doesn't have backup power. Yep, that is just another reason we love the Master Bolt power system that we have from ABC Upfitters. Our friends, Alicia and Scott, are very good boondockers and they are going to talk a little bit about that and a bunch of other things. And we had such a great time talking to them that we kind of couldn't stop. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a long episode. It's as a long you can episode, but I think it's worth it. And we're going to get some great information from Alicia and Scott from the root of it all. We are super lucky that we got to catch up with Alicia and Scott from the root of it all. And, and we're camp actually with them and camping everything. with them. We are sitting at our picnic table in Fontainebleau State Park in Mandeville, Louisiana. So if you hear campground noises, 
that's the reason why we've taken this rare opportunity to sit at camp and be outside and talk to our friends. I wish that there would be an impromptu jazz band. Well, you never know. There was one earlier right over there. <laughs> no <laughs> kidding. One of the campers that I'm looking at right now has musicians that practice outside daily and they go to all of the nursing homes in the area and they were actually jamming the other day. Oh, so. that's oh, fantastic. That would be awesome. Maybe we'll get lucky. Maybe they were mic'd we up and we're doing a live stream, so. Wow, wow. that's awesome. <laughs> you wished for it, you get yeah. it. Right? here in the campground and me without my washboard yeah. <laughs> so as long as the weather holds and it doesn't actually start to rain which it looks like we'll be outside if you suddenly think that everything sounds different it's because we stopped and ran in this inside because it started to rain yeah <laughs> save the electronics <laughs> but maybe yeah, it right. won't so Scott and Alicia, thank you both so much for hanging out with us and for being our tour guides in Louisiana. Yeah, it's absolutely. Been super helpful and great. Yeah, it's it been so been amazing great. that our paths have crossed here. Yeah, yes. we're actually able to give you insider input because this is our home state. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Share a little bit of our old stomping grounds. Yeah, <laughs> and it's been great. Good having that information from you, so we know what to do and what not to bother doing. Or, but the other night we were driving around, going to dinner and we were talking and you guys told us some fascinating information that we just said everybody needs to hear this yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit about the science and technology passport and maybe some dark sky information and whatever else comes up while we're chatting right so, sounds like a good chat to have <laughs> <laughs> but tell us about that passport that you learned you already had yeah so this is the astc it's a science and technology passport that you can get it's a membership to museums and we're just wrapping up our first year of full-time travel and it took us about 10 months before we came across this program. There's museums in all 50 states and we happened to find out more about this membership at the Lowell Observatory in Flagstaff, Arizona. So do you know what ASTC stands for? It's the Association of Science and Technology Centers. Uh -huh. And little did we know, we already had the membership. <laughs> so we're twice over members because we bought into the membership at the Lowell Observatory. Scott is a pilot, so he's also a member of... I'm a member of the Experimental Aviation Association. And I just happened to be going, cleaning out my wallet, getting rid of all the extra stuff that just builds up over time. We yeah. were actually making room for our new ASTC <laughs> membership cards. <laughs> and I pulled out my EAA membership card and looked at the back and I saw the ASTC logo. And I went, wait a minute. And then I remembered, oh, the EAA has an aviation museum in Oshkosh, Wisconsin at their home base. And so they're part of the uh, passport program already. So that Oshkosh one is an ASTC it's an, They're an ASTC member. member. Okay. So they're part of the passport program. So I already had membership with that one. So, okay, I just changed that one to a family plan and we'll keep that one going in the future. When we got to the Lowell Observatory, which is such an amazing experience. I mean, the Lowell Observatory holds the astrograph that discovered Pluto. Oh. They've and also it got also, the, yeah, they've go also for got. It. <laughs> there's, but wait, so there's more. more. Wait, there's more. And besides Disney's dog, <laughs> <laughs> they've also got the Clark Telescope, which is the one that was used to map the moon for the lunar landings. Oh wow! Wow! Back in the sixties. Okay. 
And these are in Flagstaff. This, this, this is, is all, all in Lowell, Lowell is in Observatory. Okay. That really started a conversation of, oh my gosh, how many times do we want to come to this amazing place? And the answer for Scott and I was as many times as we can when we're in the area. And then we started doing the math and as we're like, as well, as long as we're here for a month, we need to, because we were wintering there. Mm-hmm. And all it takes is going to the museum twice and the membership and is paid for the annual pass. membership is paid for. Right, right. So we were like, let's do that. Let's do the membership. And right when we said, let's do the membership, uh, the Lowell Observatory said, well, actually, the membership gets you into all of these amazing, it was like opening a door and seeing all of the amazing sights that you could see. It was so like Narnia on blind. the other side. <laughs> <laughs> we were thought we were getting access just to that to one the Lowell. museum. Yeah. Yeah. Not okay. To and just to be clear, you do not have have to be a pilot or even have been launched in a catapult to be a member or have interest in this. No, oh, no, those not were at not all. boxes that we had to check. The yeah. um, <laughs> anybody can sign up for like for example, I'm a member of the EAA. Anybody can sign up to be a member of the EAA. Pilot, oh. non-pilot, somebody who just has a vague passing interest in aviation. That dude who sure. launched with the launcher and all the helium balloons. <laughs> the I helium bet balloons. he's a member. That was a very <laughs> experimental <laughs> aircraft. <laughs> he's got to be a member. <laughs> oh, man. We listened to a podcast or something. We no, listened it was to a an YouTube interview video. With it was him. an oh, interview okay. with him. He actually had it kind of well figured out. It just He had the he, air rifle to pop yeah, balloons. Yeah, I think he dropped the rifle or something. Oops. And that's what, <laughs> oh, no. I don't know. So, well, he survived, so. He lived to tell the tale, that's right. I'm sure um, the airport that he flew over wasn't too impressed. Yeah, it was LAX, so yeah, (laughs) they they were, yeah. It's not like they're busy or anything. No, not like they've got stuff He may have experienced a fine. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So have you found any other museums that are have as much exciting night sky stuff as the Lowell has? Well, I mean, I'm sure well, everyone has its all, own fabulous stuff. Let me just say that the Lowell one is particularly special because Flagstaff, Arizona is the first international dark sky city. Okay. And what dark sky means is that they have it set up to where you have a clearer picture of the night sky so there's not as much light pollution in the evening. Mm-hmm. For example, all of the lights, the street lights that you would normally see in a city that have just these giant globes of light coming off of them, they're number one, a very amber color so that's easier on your eyes, they don't hurt your night vision as much. Mm-hmm. And number two, all the light is focused down. As right. it should be. So yeah. that it's not flying everywhere and it makes it so much easier to see whenever you first get there you're like this is so dark and then your eyes get used to it and you realize this is all i need so imagine being in a city and looking up and seeing the milky way above you and that's what flagstaff arizona is it's the city where you can do that we walked out of a big box store and literally 15 feet out of the store there was a family who had a tiny little toddler who was going oh look at that pointing up and naming the planets and constellations in the sky it's just a whole because it's a kid that actually it's like a country kid understanding that the animals at the fair are animals and not just not decoration (laughs) not decoration yeah Yeah. it's in their everyday repertoire right (laughs) they can look up and see the stars every single night you know when the clouds aren't covering them sure minor details (laughs) yeah yeah flagstaff hasn't figured out a way to change that (laughs) no no that's a whole different but to answer your question there have been already museums that we've come across after the lowell observatory to go to uh we were in 
Alamogordo. Oh, thank you. My Not brain. Los Alamos. Los Alamos <laughs> is the nuclear one. <laughs> okay. okay. So actually, there is a connection with that because one of the other museums is the Nuclear Museum in Albuquerque. Yeah. It's the New Los Mexico. Alamos National. Oh, I'm sorry. The Bradbury Science Museum is the one in Los Alamos. There is the National Museum of Nuclear Science and History in Albuquerque. And we went to that one before we knew about the passport program. Oh. They asked us if we wanted to be sign up to be members, and they didn't say anything about the passport. If no. They, we would have no. been. Oh, yes. Yes, right. please. You're like, no, I'm only in Albuquerque for a day. I'm only going to be here once. And I'm it didn't make any way. sense to us, which is right. kind of why we're like hoping that more people hear this, because we had no idea what... Do you want to be a member of ASTC? Well, what's that? Yeah. Like, right. I don't know what that means. Yeah. And, and what do I get? Right. And you so, get access to all of these amazing science museums. At pretty much if you say NASA, it's on this list. Hmm. Okay. So we went to, after Flagstaff, we went down to Alamogordo, the White Sands area. Yes, thank you. I was crisscrossing. <laughs> <down really happened. laughs> There's so many museums. Yes. And there was the New Mexico Museum of Space History. Huh. Oh. Now, the Air Force Base, that's right there. Um, I'm going to butcher the name on that one. Wait, hang on. We have Google. <laughs> <laughs> My Google is foo is strong. Is, I think it's Holloman Air, Air Force, Force Base. Base. I think you're right. Yeah. The Air Force Base there is where they did a Can lot of the initial testing that? for the um, rockets after World War II for the start of the space program. It's one of the birthplaces of rocketry in the United States. Wow. And so okay. they've got a space history museum there that is, frankly put, epic. It wow. is. It's mm. so epic. And this is just so wonderful for travelers because, as we all know, like, we work during the day. So, yeah. you know, we're traveling full time and you go to a museum and you just want to, like, get get your money's worth. Sure. Right? You want to see everything you can possibly see. Well, we couldn't get to the museum during the week until like four o'clock in the afternoon. Oh no, it closes at five o'clock. Yeah, you've got yeah. an hour every but day. But we could go every day. <laughs> and that's the beautiful thing that is makes like a difference. we just went every afternoon and it was the close to our work day and like Yeah. It was wonderful. I think the people at the no Space rush. History Museum were laughing at us because they kept seeing us show up at the end of the day. At the end of every day. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> Can't you come earlier? And they were no. like, actually not. Well, then after after a little bit, they started not recognizing us and just waving us on. <laughs> okay, we know, you got the membership. Come on in. That's how you become regulars. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. And that also having that membership and the list of places that participate could be a great educational travel plan if that's something. Or just if you're interested in space flight or aviation. Or There is a PDF you can print off of Holy the ASTC's smokes. website. Do you that see has how small oh. that font that is? That font is very small. All 300 and something museums. 300 and something museums listed on the front and back of a sheet of paper. It's wow. wow. a very copy small sheet, writing. eight and a half by 11 <laughs> sheet of paper, and it is tiny. You need a magnifying glass to read it. Oh yeah. <laughs> there are a few gotchas though that we had to uh, pay a little bit of attention to. Not major gotchas. Well, these are just things that are kind of abnormal for memberships, and we had to start to realize that this membership is set up in such a way that when you're traveling, it's advantageous for you when you're traveling. But one of the in, one of the, I guess restrictions restrictions for the membership is when you set up your membership for the ASTC, you need to take into consideration where your home base is. Basically, when you set it up at the museum, like we set it up at the Lowell Observatory, 
it has to be 90 miles from your home you have to be the only places where you can use the passport are whenever you're 90 miles away from, away from home. your home address oh, interesting and 90 miles away from the membership at which you signed up for the passport. Hmm. Okay, now I believe the reason that they did this is to... So you don't go every day. Exactly. <laughs> so you're not going every day. It's so you don't... The, the whole but idea it, as it was explained to us is that it's they wanted to keep you from shopping around to different museums to find the cheapest rate and then go to all the museums in your home area. Uh, uh-huh. So okay. because the different museums have different membership prices. Some of them sure. are more expensive, some of them are less expensive. And really, it's not an issue for us because there's, I think, only one museum that we're excluded from on this 300-something list. Yeah. And it's okay. not because you went every day for an hour, right? <laughs> right. No. <laughs> no, they didn't put a mark on us like, we got to watch these guys. Right. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Another reason that I believe that they put that 90-mile radius around your primary museum of choice is because they didn't want to infringe on the memberships of any of the local museums in the area. Oh, sure. And they wanted to be friendly because they wanted to be a national org- organization but not impede on the local organizations. They very Which I think is a good nod to being like friendly with the organizations yeah. in your area. But they, it's the 90 mile radius that's kind of the, that's the just only pay attention to it sure. because once okay. you pick your your museum of choice or if you do have a home base, just know that you got to go outside that 90 mile radius for the ASTC membership to start working for you. So I assume... And of course, oh, I assume, you know what that means. I know that you are full time, <laughs> so everybody that's full time, of course, has a home base. Was it okay for you to have your home base and still be able to access the museums you want to access, or did that become a little bit of a clash for you? Well, we actually have South Dakota license plates and driver's uh-huh. licenses. Okay. So we did get residency in South Dakota so that our mail could find us with mm-hmm. mail forwarding yes. services. Yes. Um, because Louisiana, unfortunately, would not give us a driver's license and a mail forwarding system. So we had to seek another state that would support <laughs> yeah. our full-time habit. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. We didn't choose our home base in, based upon any of this membership. So we didn't even know about this for Correct. the first 10 yeah. months we were traveling. Yeah. So it just so works out that there's only one museum in that area that would be a restriction oh, for good. ours. Okay. Hmm. What is it, the Minuteman one? Uh, I think it's the Minuteman one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which isn't going to stop us from going there. No. I mean, just, sure. Yeah. It means we have to pay for one museum instead of 300 museums. Correct. Shucks. <laughs> yeah. I think Man. I, I think I can work with yeah. that. I can definitely work with that. So the way that you wound up at the Lowell Museum was because of Dark Sky? Because we're nerds. Because you're nerds. We're nerds. <laughs> <laughs> we found the Lowell Observatory because we're full on nerds. Why do we you love think we like you guys yeah. so much. Well we're nerds Why on we many levels. Like we do. <laughs> we're space nerds, we're food gaming ner- nerds, we're food nerds, we're <laughs> we're nerds on many levels. But the dark sky situation has been like this has been our first full-time year of travel like I was you know sharing with you guys and finding dark sky places has been some of the most fun we've had Hmm. so we've gone to a lot of national parks after dark which in the 1950s that was a whole like theme they have all of these like classic postcards like half the park is after dark yeah it's amazing so cool and so our first after dark experience I think was at Devil's Tower which happens to be the first 
oh. National Monument. Yep. We went out there late, late one night, and we're standing next to only one other person who's doing some astrophotography, and uh, it was amazing. So you get to see the monument without people, like, all over it, and just, like, the Milky Way. Huh. Oh, coming over the top of it with some comets. It was like an added bonus. So that's in not all, but many of the national parks. Most of the national parks will let you go in. Now you do need to check with each one of the national parks. Some of them have darker sky locations than other ones. Mm -hmm. The Badlands is amazing. Mm -hmm. Oh, I bet. So just to list yeah. some of the, the parks after dark that we've done, the Badlands, uh, Devil's Tower, uh, Crater. Crater Lake, Crater was, Lake was probably one of the best because, you know, we were sitting on the rim seeing the Milky Way and we decided to wait to see sunrise over oh, it as well. Oh, so yeah. we went from Milky Way to a beautiful sunrise over Crater Lake oh, with gosh. cinnamon buns oh. and coffee. <laughs> so it was a pretty epic spot. You didn't get there and decide. You actually <laughs> knew before you oh, no, we and planned that oh. one out. We, we <laughs> tend to plan these things. So we're looking at different apps oh. where we're checking for... Oh, the checking the how dark the sky is. Right. Glacier is another good one. Yeah. Arches and canyon lands was amazing. We hiked to Delicate Arch in at night <laughs> in the dark oh, with man. just our headlamps. And wow. let me tell you, when you see it flooded with tourists during the day and we got there and we had a moonlit picnic at Delicate Arch with only the two of us and then I think there Three, was, four other people showed up. Yeah. During wow. the time we were there, there were maybe four other people who okay. wanted uh, Yeah. So that's just another great beautiful. way to see the parks uh, in the dark. Yeah, absolutely. it is. Now, take precautions. I mean, absolutely. You have to check in with check in with the rangers, see what they re recommend. Sure. Some trails are off limits at night in certain parks. We check to make sure that Delicate Arch was... Mm -hmm. A trail that we could accessed, be on yeah. in yeah. the evening. And the ranger said, oh, that's a good idea. It's a good <laughs> one. That's a good one. Because you don't have to deal with all the tourists that are there. And all of a sudden, it's a private moment. You had mentioned some apps that you're using. Any particular highlights? Well, Scott is the app guy. And he has so many different star apps, moon <laughs> apps. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm a big fan so far of Gaia GPS for navigation and whatnot and finding places. But once I find it with that, then I go online and start looking, just Googling and seeing what dark sky areas are near where you're going to be. And another tool that I use is something called Astrophe Astrospheric, which is a astronomy weather app. Hmm. And ah. it tells you what type of cloud cover and then what type of seeing um, with astronomy, there's more than just, okay, is the sky clear? It's how turbulent is the air. Hmm. Because the more turbulent the air, looking then you get all the twinkles. Yeah. There's a few things hmm. between you and that star that's way out there. A few. Yeah. Yeah. A few. <laughs> yeah. So you have to take those things into consideration sure. when you're yeah. doing the viewing. But th those are the big ones that I go for. It's okay. Other than a light you, year. You want to actually, if you want to do more stargazing, uh, you want it to be hopefully no moon at all we could not make that work while we were we, we made that work one time when we were at arches right yeah, okay. because the moon set as we got there 
Huh. And so, but we chose that oh, okay. moment to actually sit with our friends, and we, we brought them for their first dark sky experience. They weren't quite ready for the delicate arch hike, but we did the, <laughs> the sit and watch through the windows area at Arches, which is absolutely oh, beautiful. Wow. And it doesn't require as much like exertion to get to those points. Oh, you just drive to the parking lot and then walk far enough away on the trail so that you're not being blinded by headlights. And I'd there say you go. less exertion is a key on our list of <laughs> locations. Well, that that is one you should definitely that, that's look That's a really, into. it's an easy I'm walk not, and it's a gorgeous view. I'm not gonna lie, there were a few times coming back from Delicate Arch where it's not so clear where the markers are for the mm. trail. When it's after dark. Which yeah, is, which is why the app is really significant because you can retrace your right. Yeah, that's why I steps. use Gaia GPS. Is okay. So at, Good at point. the dark. And that one, they have little signposts that are posted every hundred yards or so, and they have reflectors on them. But some of those signposts have been knocked down. So, uh. GPS app for the win. <laughs> so a couple of things to consider when you're going out at night is, well, one, Scott and I go out together, so we, we have a group with right, us. You right. do have to consider wildlife that yeah. comes out at night. Because some, some of those guys like to be out in the dark. Oh, and absolutely. you want to check with the National Park to make sure what you can bring for defense, but usually they're fully accepting of you bringing in bear spray. Which we okay. did have on our hikes, just in case. We never have to use it, but you want to have it just in case. Sure. Much rather have it and not need it than the yeah. other way Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, who's faster? <laughs> and one of they the, are. One they of are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, there. But there's always, you know, when you go hiking and you think they're a bear, you bring your slow friend. <laughs> oh. <laughs> did you see the National Parks? Yeah, set? the National Parks was like, don't do that. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> no kidding. Why do you think I never go Actually, hiking with any of my Actually, it's better with a bear oh, not to run because then you promote the chase instinct right? in yeah. the animal. It's better to group together and look, look like you're bigger in a mass than to look like one throw your thing. poor friend down <laughs> right. and then run because <laughs> i don't know it yeah. doesn't sound like it's going to work out so well for either of you no it might actually work out Where's better for phil? the friend <laughs> uh. <laughs> the bear is... goddess phil right tony i didn't make it <laughs> we love our puns I we're, we're punny too puns but... are fantastic <laughs> That's that awesome. was a nice, easy, slow, uh, softball, and you nailed it. Yeah. Okay. So I was going to say that oh, there. Oh yeah. Sorry. Uh, there's a couple other things you want to keep in mind whenever you, if you want to go out and do this. Number one, it's dark. Bring a light. <laughs> you're going to need it. Yeah. And enough batteries to run that light for how long you're out there. Exactly. Plus some. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. Uh, we we have run flashlights out before because we thought the batteries were fully charged and. I think. Or because say, you wound up out longer than you thought you'd be, right? Yeah. That's true. Well, I mean, you treat it like I think anybody who goes into a cave, like those scientists say, bring. We, we learned lights, in Carlsbad yeah. Caverns, bring three sources of light uh -huh. with you. I would treat it the exact same way if you're going out yeah, after dark. Yeah. She's yeah. got one, I've got one, we've got a spare. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The other thing is it gets cold in those parks, even in the middle of summer. So oh, bring layers. Yeah. Yep. Bring layers, layers to warm in up. your pack. Food, water, everything that you would bring on a normal day hike, plus the bear spray. <laughs> <laughs> plus I, I plus an animal bears. deterrent and then right, plus right. actually friends because if you go out there and you're it's so cool you can be quiet with the people that you're with, but 
one of the best deterrents is just having a conversation with someone because the animals don't want to engage with mm-hmm. you. And if they can hear you're coming and you don't surprise them, they thus, just go away. Yeah, they yeah. just if they yeah. Hear meander you coming, away. If they hear you talking to somebody and hear a conversation going about, the animals typically go, nope. Yeah. So well, if, you're alone, if you're alone, feel free to just have those conversations with all the voices in your head. I have sung to myself have them out loud. while I've yeah. been on hikes alone. Just do a little song to yourself. Or I was actually, I'm an artist, so I was at Aramont School of Arts and Craft when there happened to be a mama bear and two baby bears uh, oh, that boy. were on campus. And so you have to, I would go from point A to point B on campus not knowing if I would encounter the wildlife yeah they said sing to yourself shuffle skip huh. kick rocks Make noise. do whatever it takes have a bear bell noise. bear bells exist for a reason yeah because it's just a little i mean and they're lovely sounding and yeah. they prevent you from being attacked by wildlife so double um, bonus would you probably also be well advised to let the rangers know hey i'm going to be out here Absolutely. And yeah. if you're not back, you know. You're not required, if you're not going in a backcountry area, if you're staying on the trails, you're generally not required to let them know that you're going to be out there. But talking to a ranger is never a bad idea. Right? Sure. Yeah. Right? Now, I mean, I will stress that it's your responsibility to, like, they're not going to just come in after you. Oh, they didn't come in when they were supposed to come in. They're not yeah. going to come after you what immediately. Person? Personal responsibility? Surely you just. (laughs) (laughs) Only do this if you're personally responsible. I Um, never jest and don't call me Shirley. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Couldn't resist. But we couldn't believe, like, it's just been all of these fantastic dark sky experiences as we've been traveling. And to have this membership come across our path as a result of us trying to find yet another dark sky experience. Because we went to the Lowell Observatory, not during the day, but at night. They're open till 10 p.m. Oh, okay. So that's that's great. Some of these museums have very late hours. I love their reasoning for it. When we ask, oh, why are you open so late? Well, it doesn't really do much good to have an observatory open in the middle of the day, does it? Right, right. <laughs> not, not that they don't have really yeah. lovely museum stuff. Oh, they like do, they and, have, that's, sure. and that's wonderful to see during the day. Right. But they actually have telescopes oh. that open up every night that you can go up to and look through that's yourself. very cool. Oh, wow. Because okay, that's so kind I'm, of the point. I'm exactly. going to geek out for a minute. In 2019, the Lowell Observatory created a new building. This facility helped more people be able to see the, like, structures. They set up six telescopes, and one of the biggest problems when you're setting up a telescope is calibration. You have to move it in, you have to move it out, you have to calibrate it. Well, they have some amazing telescopes there, and so to help with this dilemma of calibrating the telescopes, they decided that they were just going to build a building that would slide over the telescopes that they could just open and close every night. So there's a building at the Lowell Observatory on rails that just gets pulled, like it moves, the building I really wanted to see it so bad, the but they can't do it until all people are gone from the park. Oh. <laughs> Think hungry, hungry hippos. If I could just come up. <laughs> and then they have a garage door that comes down on the other side of it, so they can leave those five telescopes six, cali- six. six. calibrated <laughs> every single day and let people come and look through them. So here's the true geek out moment because that was just like the lead up. The true geek out moment was looking through those telescopes that are calibrated so well. I saw a nebula 
like, you know, you see pictures of nebulas, but I looked through the telescope and saw a nebula through the telescope wow. with my eyes. Wow. Then I saw the actual rings, right, on Saturn. Mm-hmm. So saw that cool. one. I mean, you see pictures of these things, but it's never something it's that you... Yeah. It's not the same. Yeah. And then they were showing the moon, and I always mess with this one up. Can you can you help me with this <laughs> this terminology? The moon, you could see the moon in such clear detail that you could easily, easily see the terminus line of where the sunlight ended on the horizon oh, of the moon. so cool. And you could see the terrain on the moon, the various mountains oh, and the man. shadows behind at it. The, wow. At the line. At the line. At the and line. it was wow. absolutely phenomenal. He put wow. his phone up to the lens, took a picture. a picture. Nice. It's the best picture of the moon I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just one of those things that uh, you can't, put into words how amazing that experience was i mean we became kids again yeah it was it was so wonderful we were so giddy we were giggling (laughs) i mean it's such a great place for um young and old yeah they came through yeah i mean it's educational for all of us kids of all ages (laughs) that's the beauty of this rv lifestyle the different aspects that can appeal to different interests and sometimes you find something you didn't even know you're like really interested in then you're like wow right cool there's still stuff that amazes we didn't know about that like there's still things to be discovered things that are not being talked about out there and you know our goal is just to hopefully pay it forward yeah yeah. share the information and you know, maybe there's other people who are fixing a full time and it's like, okay, well now I have this in my knowledge base and yeah. I can go do these things. And if you want a full time and you don't know what you're going to do out there, come up <laughs> with, I want to see all the dark sky towns or I want to see all the space museums or I want to see all the caves and caverns. Or I want to go to all the railroad museums. <laughs> all the railroad museums. Oh, oh, there's some good ones. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, but this membership is great. You can get a single membership, a couple's membership, or a family membership. And okay. currently, the family membership is just $100 a year. I'm sure that may change in the future, but well, as like of you, yeah, 2023, said, yeah. that's what it was. That pays for itself in two visits. Probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you have few kids or whatever and oh that gets so expensive yeah yeah. and i mean how fascinating for them and for the parents yeah Yeah. and this may be something that they only use a few times a year but it's like the national park pass if you use it what three times it pays for itself this is another one of those memberships that just pays for itself yeah you use it twice you're spending money with an organization that's doing some great work so yes i'm yeah. not ever, i'm not ever gonna and we're not affiliated that. with them right? we're just big right, exactly. advocates yeah. of no, like great, cool places yeah it's a and great we, tip to pay forward yeah so you uh you kind of told us like how to be prepared what to take with you your, your friends and your food and your water and your warmth and your lights and your but you told me the other day alicia the way to actually get ready for it like during the day load up on determination and coffee (laughs) (laughs) you have to prepare it not everybody is a morning person or a middle of the night person so you have to know that it's it's commitment yeah commitment and coffee and whatever gets you to it because i guarantee you you'll never forget that moment when you look up at delicate arch 
and it's just you and you know your loved one or friend or just and you're there and you don't have to share that moment with 500 other yeah. people trying yes. to get a selfie <laughs> yeah right now one of my preferred methods is that mid-afternoon nap in a hammock mm. Mm. That's a good yeah. tip. Yeah, there prepare yourself the day before. <laughs> we listened to a podcast about nap napping. <laughs> yeah, and didn't sleep through it. And one of the <laughs> things they talked about was the coffee. They call it the coffee nap. You drink a coffee and then go and take a twenty take minute a twenty minute oh. nap, and then you're like, wow, I'm refreshed. Wait yeah. for the caffeine to kick yeah. in. Yeah. Uh -huh. That'll do it. That's a good gear up. Uh -huh. So we have a tiny YouTube channel <laughs> <laughs> called The Root of It All. Like R-O-U-T-E. Route 66, yeah. Or Route of It All for everybody yeah. else. Oh, <laughs> right. The heathens out there. Yeah, we have a lot of these videos that are going to be coming out where we shot a lot of video at night on these hikes or talk about Terrific. this a little bit in detail. Because we know not everybody can get to these sure, sure. moments. Uh, so we like to share as much as we can. And so we will share those links in our show notes. And Thank you. this may or may not come as a surprise to you, but we have two more questions. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. What is, and this might have to be two separate stories, your best camping memory? <laughs> oh, wow. My favorite camping memory. He has a lot. He's an Eagle Scout, so. <laughs> well, actually, I was going all the way back to scouting days and hiking in Philmont, spending two weeks hiking all over Philmont and the backcountry. Okay. For those of you who don't know, Philmont is in northeast New Mexico. It's a Boy Scout ranch oh. out there. Oh. And it is absolutely epic country to go backpacking in with your um, either Boy Scout troop or charitable organization. They're allowed in the Tyke and Philmont okay. now as well. For people who didn't know who Philm what, what Philmont was, which was me before I <laughs> married Scott, it's kind of the Valhalla. It's where all the Boy Scouts want to go camp. Ah. It's the ultimate camping destination if you're a Boy Scout. Okay. So he had way more tent camping experiences <laughs> than I did. I'll throw out the caveat that it at least was that whenever I was in Boy Scouts sure. many moons ago. <laughs> I think one of my favorite tent camping experiences, I brought my tent when I, back when I was in college. Uh, I was going on, I was on the honors board and we were going on a retreat together and so we went to one of the state parks in Louisiana and the house was packed with all of the board members and so everybody was sleeping on a sofa or a couch or whatnot and I brought my tent and I, I was the only one who set it up outside because they had this huge <laughs> cabin but everybody was like arm over elbow cramped in there and I had this beautiful porch where I was camping Outside, outside and it was such it was such a peaceful quiet zone on the cusp <laughs> of chaos yeah. that I I mean I have a lot of great wilderness camping stories but I just love the fact that my tent gave me the solace that I needed from <laughs> yeah the chaos of that weekend that was my little north face roadrunner tent and I still have that thing today <laughs> that's cool and I loved it when you go to set it up, Scott's like, oh, I guess she's had enough of me for a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't had that experience yet. Or is that why I can't find my tent right now? What? <laughs> I know what? It's in storage. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Okay, so do you want to share 
Your worst campaign. I know what this one is. I know which one you're going to choose. I know what I'm going to say. Oh, I don't <laughs> even know, but it was the second camping trip she and I went on together. Okay. Are you going to tell my story? No, or I'm going to let, okay. let you he tell this one. He knows exactly the one that I'm going to tell. <laughs> when we were first starting to date, the first camping trip was great. We were in the Smoky Mountains. The second one... Not so great. It the had lo- the, location the location was, was beautiful. It was at Petty Jean uh, State Park in right inside of Arkansas. Mm-hmm. It was really beautiful, wonderful, little chilly. But that night, we didn't know that they were going to be performing helicopter rescue drills. Oh dear! At oh, the campground. No. So when I tell you, everything looked like the beginning of ET where the lights oh are like coming God. through the Crossing trees and, and like yeah it was cha- it was so chaotic it was oh my God. not peaceful I hear and by, the Valkyries in my head and by little chili, <laughs> I heard it that it was, yeah I, firsthand we were expecting temperatures that were going to be right around freezing ballpark mm-hmm. instead what we got were down to with the single digits with the wind blowing oh at about gosh. 25 to 30 oh God. when you Yucky. try to pour your orange juice out in the morning and it's a slushy There are problems with the weather and camping. When it's too cold to light the propane stove. Oh, jeez. There were lots of angry eyes at Scott that morning. They're like, I'm never going camping He's like, I want you to come to Petty Jean with me. It's this wonderful place. It it really is a beautiful place. The it's hike, just the waterfall hike the fo- that morning was beautiful. It was. It was. <laughs> it kind of made up for the horrific sleep that oh happened because it was all night. The helicopters oh did not stop, and we had chosen a spot right on the. It's so romantic. It's on the oh, waterfront. Oh. No, of it was like. PTSD. Pro tip, if you're going to Petty John, call and see if they're doing rescue missions that night before you make your reservation. You would think that would be something that the ranger would mention. By the way. I was wondering why the park wasn't that crowded. I just figured it was because of the weather. Yeah. (laughs) Which it could have been. And then maybe they used that. This is the perfect time for us to do drills. There's not that many people here. If they're here, they're already a little bit crazy, right? (laughs) This will just push them over the edge. Yeah. So that was probably my worst night's sleep. Like, one of my top five worst night's sleeps. (laughs) Definitely the worst camping experience for me. No, mine's a little different. Um, Just a wee bit different. I'd have to say that the absolute worst that I've ever had it... That was bad, what she was describing. But it was an adventure. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. When we were boondocking in the... Just north of the Badlands, on the rim of... There's a boondocking area that's in the National Grasslands area. It's just outside of the entrance from... Pinnacles in the Badlands. Yeah, it's just north of the Pinnacles entrance station in the Badlands. Where okay. you would enter from Wall, South Dakota. Okay. And it's an amazing boondocking spot. You've seen quite a few YouTubers who've been out there and done sure. that. There's lots of videos. There's lots of stories about it. Absolutely wonderful. What a lot of people don't mention is that it can get a wee bit windy. As in... There's 60 plus mile an hour winds oh. on a very regular basis. Oh, geez. Now, I don't know if you know how uh, RV slides are typically constructed and how <laughs> their standard through frame slide is put together. Um, but it turns out the mechanisms for moving the slide and what holds the slide out are all at the bottom. Right. The top of the slide is just held out by gravity from the bottom. Mm-hmm. Well, if you get a wind that's strong enough, it can counteract that gravity. 
Oh dear. Oh. oh. And we had the wind get high enough where it started pushing the slide back in. Oh my gosh. Wow. Pushing our kitchen wow. slide in. And just to give some framework, we're in a 34 foot fifth wheel fifth wheel yeah with a pretty substantial kitchen slide and that sure. thing was rocking and coming back in <laughs> with a vengeance oh my god at the point where all you do is you just bring hug your dog yeah. which i did cook. to comfort <laughs> her and oh to add an extra little bit of salt in the wound there um we were boondocking so we had all the windows open because it was a little bit of a warm day well, with all that wind comes all kinds of dust. Yeah. And, and it came out of nowhere. We weren't prepared for it. And oh we were because it had been, you know, 10 to 15 mile an hour winds. Sure. Yeah. And we had all the windows open. We're still cleaning dust out of the RV. This was last summer. We're still cleaning dust. <laughs> <out>. <laughs> the Badlands is always with us. Yeah. 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 And we had our friends in there with us, and we had a nice charcuterie board that was going. Oh, man. And all this oh, wind going. Oh. We were so focused on water with the Badlands because we'd heard so many times, like, be careful if you go up on this area. You don't want to go when it's just rained, and you don't want to be up there when it's raining. So just rain, rain. And we had even, we knew a little bit about the wind, so we had positioned the RV in such a way where we thought, like... The predominant yeah, winds were going to just yeah. go front to back but on the RV, right, not side the to things that about the Badlands is that the wind just changes direction so rapidly oh. that you can't really completely account for it. You just kind of have to brace yourself. Wow. Yeah. That wow. was an adventure. It's intense. Wouldn't stop us, though. We'd, we'd go back. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Good. Just... We'd be a little bit more wary about the winds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm always glad that, thank goodness, so far, the worst stories have always been something that's not a good memory, but a memory that's worth telling. Yeah. Right? yeah. You right. can laugh a little now that you survived it. <laughs> Actually, that, that, that same location is the one place so far that we've seen somebody's um, awning go floop. Oh, oh, I've yes. seen that. Yeah, and, uh, we've, seen, we've that. seen that. Or I've seen that. On the coast a lot. We yeah. On the coast, you know, yeah. when we were in California. Yeah. yeah. Well, Alicia and Scott, thank you so much for these great tips. And great stories. Yeah, great stories. <laughs> yes. It's a pleasure. And thanks for being such great hosts while we're here visiting yes, New Orleans yes. and all of that. It's been, what a great city and great time and it's awesome to hang with you guys yeah. oh I'm, I'm not gonna believe it until you say great at least three more times <laughs> great, great well great. i don't think i would be a great host if i didn't oh. invite you back to our campsite after this to have a seafood gumbo oh man okay yeah. goodbye everybody we're yeah. going <laughs> <laughs> with crabs that we caught ourselves at rockefeller refuge that's awesome thanks for that All thank right. you for being our tour guides and for hanging out with us and for being our friends. Yep. We love it. Thank you guys. I'm Thank so glad you. our paths crossed again. As we drive along, we listen to podcasts, but another thing we listen to is audio, and that's A-U-T-I-O. Audio is an app on your phone that uses the internal GPS system, and when you pass by all sorts of things, attractions, historical sites, cities pretty much anywhere where someone either the owners of the company or lovers of the app like you know like us yeah or have, kevin costner right or kevin costner or john lithgow if someone has found a place that they find interesting and has recorded a little snippet of information about that anywhere from three to ten minutes 
put the app on autoplay, which you can do, or if you just look at the map and say, hey, there's an audio recording nearby, and you can listen to whoever recorded it tell the story of that location. It's a neat app. It is a subscription-based app, but we have a discount in our discounts and deals section. That discount changes all the time based on what Autio is offering at the time. So if you go to our deals and discounts page and click on the Autio link, you will find out what the deal currently is. Yep, over in our discounts and deals. And it's, it's really a neat app. You can give it a try and we really enjoy it. Yeah, we sure do. Well, speaking of things we really enjoyed, Peggy really enjoyed mammoth caves. I really enjoy caves and caverns, and I find them fascinating geologically. And so I put on my RVing geologist hat again and wrote up some information about Mammoth Caves National Park in Kentucky. And kind of also talk about caves and caverns and the difference between those, which will come in handy the next time that we visit, which probably will be Carlsbad Caverns in New Mexico on our way home. <laughs> but we had a really good time at Mammoth Caves and enjoyed the area and enjoyed a park tour. And our tour guide was really fabulous. Jerry is actually a descendant of some of the original tour guides of Mammoth Caves after they were first discovered and first became sort of tourist attractions. So we have a little bit of his story and cave history and of course the biology of the area because I can't leave that one alone. <laughs> so check it out. It, we'll put a link in our notes to that article and we I highly recommend well, all caves and caverns, but <laughs> mammoth caves in particular right now. Yeah, Peggy has the whole story. The whole story. <laughs> One of the questions that towable RV owners have is how much propane do I have, right? And usually the, the way you find out is sometime in the middle of the night, you run out of propane, <laughs> yeah. it's really cold, or you're, you have a propane fridge and all of that comes to a grinding halt. We got propane monitors from Lipper that are just like little magnetic, they look like coasters, quite frankly. <laughs> and they go on the bottom of your propane tank and you set them up in the Lipper One Control app. You can then get alerts on propane levels. So it's easy to monitor your tank levels. These little propane monitors, you put one on each tank that you want to monitor. They come with these little feet that raise the tank just a wee bit so that it doesn't rub. But we plussed it and bought <laughs> these plastic rings that go on the bottom of the tank, which tend not to scratch up the metal plate that the tanks sit on as you tow it down the road. Yeah, so that ring is kind of like hard rubber, almost like our wheel chocks. Yeah. And it's like a channel, right? So it just slips onto that kind of existing foot on the propane bottle and that keeps it elevated just enough that it doesn't squash the Lippert, <laughs> <laughs> the Lippert monitor. But also I think it's going to be very helpful because it keeps that metal on metal from happening. So the metal propane tank isn't sitting on the metal shelf. It's got that rubber gasket in between and that will avoid noise and scratching and rust and yeah any of those kind of problems all that maybe stuff. sparks the, oh, yeah i hope not but the propane tank monitors really work well in fact they'll send you alerts to your phone and in my case it also sends alerts to my watch 
And lo and behold, we are low in one of our tanks. So I have to go and find some doggone propane today. Hey, propane that'll be some... Propane and propane accessories. From some fun exploration, finding propane. Finding <laughs> propane. Well, every week we ask a question of the week on our fun and friendly Stressless Camping Podcast Facebook group. And last week we asked you, what would you like us to talk about? Do you have questions that are things you'd like us to find or guests you'd like us to find, that sort of thing. Right. So thank you for the ideas and we will be working on these. Brian said he'd like to learn about economizing while camping or traveling to destinations without sacrificing the fun factor. So tips and tricks for pinching pennies. Bill would like to talk about or like to have us learn more about repairs and quick fixes that can be done at a campsite without having to call an RV tech, which is a great, both of those were really great comments. <laughs> yeah, if you own an RV, you're fixing an RV. Yeah. Mark wants to know about little known travel destinations, always looking for a new place. And honestly, that's kind of what we look for, the little known places. We don't necessarily go to where the majority of people go, you know, sometimes exceptions like New Orleans. Yeah, last week we were in New Orleans. So. <laughs> I mean, sure, we do go to those places too, but we do tend to like look for the places that aren't quite as popular or populated. So we will continue to do that and hopefully mark that we have given you some ideas and we'll continue to do so. We had a request for pop-up campers and so we will look into that. You know, we travel in a travel trailer and we obviously know that there are all sorts of different kind of campers, but what we know the best, of course, is travel trailers. And that's kind of, when we talk about how things work, obviously that's where our minds are going. Well, well but we started out in a Jayco pop-up. We sure did. So yeah. that was our first RV together, was a very tired Jayco <laughs> pop-up trailer. <laughs> that we got but from we a friend. But we had a great time with it. Yeah, we did. Oh man, we absolutely did. So, and I do have some neat pop-up camper stories that I will share. Excellent. So coming right up. Excellent. And then Beverly asked us to find out and learn the difference between sealing and caulking. And that was a great request. And coincidentally at FMCA, we went to a seminar about sealing and sealants and we are working to have that speaker on one of our very soon upcoming podcast episodes. That's the fact, Jack. So thank you all for those ideas. Those were really great. And we will be working on those topics for you. Yes, we will. By the way, our question of the week for this week is... What is the longest that you have camped in one place? We have a tendency to sort of move along too quickly, always. I always think it's gonna be long enough and it never is. <laughs> I know a lot of parks and things have a two week maximum, but you know, quartzite surely doesn't. So I'm just kind of curious, do you sit in one place for a long time and what's the longest place you've ever sat in one spot to explore? And you can answer that at our fun and friendly Stressless Camping Podcast Facebook group. And by the way, I want to welcome the new members. I've been getting requests pretty much every day for new members to pop in. And I apologize to the, those of you who had to wait three days before I noticed <laughs> <laughs> the request. But welcome. I'm glad you're here and I'm glad you waited it out. And I hope that you get a lot out of that group. 
Yes, we do. You know, we do a once a week newsletter, which is absolutely free, which has links to the stories and videos and podcasts that will help you get the most out of your stressless camping experience. Just visit our website, stresslesscamping.com, and you can sign up for the newsletter. And if you miss the pop-up on the very first time, just go to the bottom of every page and sign up and know that we are not going to share your information. We are not going to sell it or share it. We just use that information to send you one email per week, and that is it. Ibbidi, ibbidi, that's all, folks. <laughs> While you're on the Stressless Camping website, you can find the show notes and links for this episode, episode 196, on the podcast page, stresslesscamping.com, which is also, coincidentally, where you'll <laughs> find our deals and discounts for the best deals on the things you'll need on your stressless camping adventure. Hey, you know, if you know of a great deal or discount for our audience, please let us know and we will work to get that added. You betcha. And of course we are in all the social places, but you can start at stresslesscamping.com. Upper right corner is links to all the social places that we are. If you don't want to miss a future episode of the Stressless Camping Podcast, it's free to subscribe on any podcast app. We are saving you a seat around our virtual campfire. Hopefully you don't notice, but you probably do, that our air conditioner <laughs> just came on. It's we are in the south. hot and humid here. Boy, oh boy. As you know, we always ask you to please go into that podcast app that you use and write a review. That really, really helps us. And there's another way that you can help us. If you don't want to write a review or you've already done so, we would really appreciate if you would just, while you're on our website, maybe you found an article that you really liked, share it. Share yeah. it on your Facebook page or share it with your friends or however you want to share it. But please, that really, really helps us get ourselves in front of more eyeballs and earballs. And that is the name of the game. And of course, uh, another way to help spread the love is to write a review. And we got one from Global Jewels via Apple Podcasts, who said, makes us feel like we're hanging out with you over happy hour. Thanks for all you share. Yeah, we love hanging out well, with people over yeah, happy Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> well, that's what we have for you this week. We sincerely appreciate your bringing us into your ears once again. Hope you're either out there already enjoying this wonderful place that we all call home or making plans to do so but whatever the situation happy, happy camping. camping we hope you learned a lot and had some fun and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure we're honored by your reviews on apple podcasts which helps others find us too don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure and we look forward to your joining us next week until then Happy camping! The Badlands is always with us. <laughs> yeah, man.